Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Casey. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on spoilerverse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Of the Republic of Spoilerverse, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenny Creekin. That's Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's the amazing Tucky Williams, isn't it? It is. She's a writer. She's a director. She's an actress. Uh, she, she's a a woman that does it she all. She is. Uh, she created a show called Girl Girl Scene back in I think it was like 2010 or 2011 originally. Yeah, 2010. It was like a web. It was like a web series. It's a at web first, series, right? yeah, and then it got turned into it. She made she made it into a movie last year in twenty nineteen. Um, it's uh, it was it got pulled from Amazon. There was a little bit of a little bit controversy, uh, controversy yeah, not, about not it. from her, but from online trolls, which is really ridiculous. Aren't they always? They ridiculous are always though? ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But she's she's an, I mean she's been in a lot of stuff, and we're, we're Ooh, lucky this enough. movie makes me feel weird and bad. I have right. to, I, I have to call it out. This is different from what oh, I know. <laughs> Screw off. <laughs> yeah. But Casey got a chance to sit down with her and talk about her career, about the the girl girl scene movie and TV show, and and uh, it's cool. a really good conversation. They had a lot of fun, and she was a, she's such a nice person. That's awesome. Well, let's just sit back and listen to Tucky Williams in her own words. All right, everybody, welcome again to another episode of Spoiler Country. My name is Casey Allen, and today on the show, we have writer, director, actor, Tucky Williams. Tucky, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. So, okay. You came to acting and directing and all this from from a weird place because your your education was in meteorology and, and journalism. So how the hell did you get into the directing thing? That's, that's crazy. I want to know about this. Oh, well, I was being a meteorologist. And then there was an audition for a movie. And this was a while back. And movies were a big deal. And uh, so I auditioned for it. And I got the, there were two lead parts, a male lead and a female lead. And I got the female lead. And I, oh, it was a horrible experience, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to keep doing it. And then, um. And then I just kept going. And then the second movie I made was a little, a little something called Dead Moon Rising. And nice. after that, I was, oh, once I read the, well, yeah, once I read the screenplay for that movie, I was like, okay, this movie's going to go places. And it did. And uh, after Dead Moon Rising, there was no turning back. Awesome. Awesome. So you, you grew up, I'm, I'm assuming you grew up in, in Kentucky. I did. I grew up so- in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Not a whole, it doesn't seem like a, a big place for, for film. Where did your interest in that come? Was it, was it just like, oh, I'll just for shits and giggles do this audition? Or what was there something deeper there? Have you always I been? Think, I think, I think my dream was always to be an actress. 
And then as I, as I uh, became a teenager, my dream was to be a writer. And so, oh, I just, I wanted to put them both together somehow, but I didn't think that could ever really happen for me. So I got into meteorology and actually when I was doing meteorology, I was also co-hosting the morning show. So it was kind of like, it was kind of like acting. It was kind of like performing for the cameras and stuff and making sure, you know, when you do the weather, you have to uh, animate and render your show and you have to perform for the show and make people have fun and have a good time hearing about the weather. And so that was as close as I could get to acting. I thought in my life. And then all of this came up all of a sudden. That that's, that's crazy. So you got into acting, you got the bug. Um, I I really want to hear embarrassing green screen stories, but we will press on. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, I, I, don't have any, I don't have any reasons. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> have any. I mean, there was one time I forgot to put my mouse in the right place and it didn't animate. So for 30 seconds, I just talked in front of a screen. But I mean, that that's it. That's not very exciting. Uh, if you if you had a crazy green screen story that that should go in your reel. <laughs> I wish I did. I know there was one time I almost froze up and it was funny. It was like, it was for about three seconds. I froze up. Just My brain just stopped. And I was like, this is good. This is the turning point of your life. So if and whether you start t- talking or not, is going to affect how your life goes from now on. <laughs> and I started they, talking again, but I was so scared <laughs> for a minute that I was just going to stop. <laughs> they put you on the spot. Like you, you have to, keep things moving. And and do you think that that kind of helped you carry over that in, into acting and, and into never, your, your performance? I never thought about that, but it certainly didn't hurt. It just in terms of the comfort level, in terms of you just have to be really used to talking. See, I'm not, I'm really not someone who talks much in real life. Like I, I'm actually someone I, I don't, I don't call my friends, you know, I don't, I don't, I just don't, I'm just not a big talker. And so just have to go from not speaking much to having to speak nonstop for three and a half minutes. That was a challenge. So I, I think it just in terms of something pushing you in that direction, that was really good for me. And I think maybe it helped me because I didn't, don't have any formal acting training. So I think maybe it helped me just kind of had things. If I had to say something, it just helped it roll off the tongue more naturally. So that probably is- really thought about it, but that's probably yeah. I can't. That's crazy to me that you haven't had any formal acting training because I I see it, you, you're a strong actor. You know what you're doing. You know how to tell a story and you know how to convey like inner inner emotion and dialogue. And it it's crazy. I, I've watched what I could of of your stuff online, and like I I saw Girl Girl scene. I've I've seen Dead Moon Rising, <laughs> and I, I saw a few of the clips of you on YouTube as well. So yeah, it, you you know what you're doing. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so you you do the acting thing, and then what in the hell compelled you to to actually get into directing and, and writing? Well, I I just wanted to write and act in uh, the girl girl scene a series. Actually, like we didn't know what to call it back then, so I feel kind of bad. It got labeled a web series, but they were forty minute episodes. I think the correct term for it is a streaming series. But there weren't any streaming services back then. I mean, there were, but it you know people didn't have it in their houses, and so I mean, so I did the show girl girl scene, and I just wanted to act in it and write it, and you know, so. 
I don't know. I just felt this need to make something. And I knew that there was an opening in the market that there was nothing like that out there. And so, you know, it's like, Hey, find your audience and I'm going to fill it. And I knew that there wasn't any content out that like out there like that. And so I was just like, Hey, I'm going to create it. And I, I think I knew my stuff. I knew my subject pretty well. It was based on my life and my experiences. I mean, anything you see in any of those movies is something that happened, which is funny because, you know, sometimes I'll go through and read some of the reviews and some of them, some of the critics of it, they'll say, oh, this is completely unrealistic. Well, this would never happen. I'm like, oh, girl, let me tell you. <laughs> so you, you, and you, you did use a lot of your own experiences from the show. Uh, can, can you, Give us a, a brief, give the audience a brief kind of uh, synopsis of the show. Let, you don't have to get like into the deep, deep details. Just tell us what, what Girl Girl Scene is. Well, it's a comedy drama about a group of lesbian friends. And we just get into all kinds of trouble. It's an ensemble, so it rotates between four or five characters. And their lives are sort of interconnected and intertwined. And it's it's just a big romp. It's kind of, I mean, this is kind of an older show, but it's kind of like Sex in the City. It's just these girls going around having fun, and then they meet up and 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 uh, talk about talk about everything that's going on. But they all have these very interesting, very dramatic lives, and uh, it's it's just a fun show to make and a fun show to watch. So you said it was lesbian friends, and now I just want to see it as the mid-90s sitcom television show Friends, but cast with purely with lesbians. Yeah. We don't have that the joke. Was... We don't have the 90s uh, sitcom in in the laugh track you gotta have the laugh track well that would be great yeah yeah but i guess guess it could be like that but with a lot more uh a lot more drama (laughs) (laughs) i tried i tried watching an episode of that not long ago for it was on it was awful oh my god it was awful oh really (laughs) it does not hold up and like a lot of the jokes now just like totally would not go over today just like what Oh really? We, we, can't, we can't talk about that anymore, Grandpa. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't too terrible, but there were a few things that were kind of like, mm, "Dude, that's not cool." <laughs> so, girl, girl scene. Yeah. Lesbian friends, and a lot of it is just kind of learning how to be comfortable with yourself. I, I picked that. That's what I picked up from it. Like it seemed like your character, especially, was kind of learning who she is. Um, learning who she is but I wanted to start from a place of people I I felt like a lot of tv shows and even still where it was like uh, it's getting better but it was always like the gay character was who am I am I really gay am I really gay and I'm like okay we're done with that all these girls already know they're gay (laughs) we're We're skipping (laughs) to the fun stuff so I think it's well I mean I think it's a lifelong process of finding out who you are the character I play, Evan, she I don't know that she's ever learned anything in her entire life. She's definitely not grown or developed. She's pretty much stuck in a 17-year-old boy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and I mean, even still playing her 10 years later, she's still a 17-year-old boy. I mean, if anything, she's gotten worse. So, uh, I mean, it may seem like she's learning things, but I guarantee you in 10 years, she's learned absolutely nothing. Well, I, I was talking to a, a writer not long ago. He, he's a He's a gay dude. And that, that sounds so dumb. He's gay, dude. No, he, he's a gay man. And he, he was telling me, like, for for him in particular, like, you know, growing up, having to not be who you really are as as a kid, mm-hmm. when he became an adult, it was like he had he was basically reliving his teens and his 20s. He oh. was kind of 
having to to go through that stuff again because he had never ac- actually experienced anything. And I, th- I thought that was an interesting perspective. I don't know if it carries over for for other people as well, but I, I thought that was I thought that was definitely an interesting outlook for somebody who, it, you know, it sucks for for kids who are who are going through that. And I think stuff like what you're doing and and the books that 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 man writes are are great for people to kind of go like, oh yeah, that life can be fun. That's been the most rewarding part about doing it is knowing exactly that. And thank you for saying that life can be fun because so many, I mean, they have that, you know, life gets better. It gets better thing, but I always want to say, no, life gets fun and I'm going to show you how. So I, I think, I think there was there's been this movement to like, Oh, be, which is very important. Be comfortable in self and love yourself for who you are. And that's good. And I want to, I want to be the person who's also like, and guess what? This is going to be a really great time. Once you, once you get out of your parents' house and once you get to college, <laughs> things are going to get <laughs> a lot, lot better. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really want to go that direction of like, this is what your life is going to be like. And it's been so nice to hear from just countless, countless people who, who've, who've been helped by that, you know, lots of teenagers and even lots of grownups, people from other countries, you know, unfortunately who can't ever come out, they're able to sort of live vicariously through this show They, you know, they'll never, ever be out. And so they're able to watch it and be like, okay. And then people in sort of isolated parts of the country and they're able to watch it and they go, oh, okay, this is, this is what's like, maybe, maybe I should get out of here or when I'm old enough, I'll get out of here and move to a bigger city and I'll start having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming you've, you've had a lot of really good interaction with the fans and stuff like that. Um, God, they're the best. Yeah. Ha- have you received any flack from it? Because the internet is a Beautiful wonderland, but it can also be a terrible place full of assholes. Oh yeah, well, I mean, the internet. I mean, did you? I don't know if you watched Jay and Silent Bob, Bob Strike Back, but it, the premise is that the internet exists. <laughs> oh yeah, only so uh, that people can talk shit about movies. I'm a bearded white dude in his mid, in his late thirties. I have seen Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> okay, so you know what I'm talking about. They make yes, their ma'am. fortune only so that they can go around and beat up all the little boys who talk shit about them on the internet. And let me tell you, I can relate to that so much. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> at being a being a yoga instructor, you're flexible. You could kick some ass like many different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> happened. <laughs> oh, always in self defense, but apparently I, I can actually do that. But yeah. So yeah, I have tremendous desire. I, I think it goes back to the thing I said earlier: is uh, people just like to be critical about stuff. For no reason. If we're talking about, well, I mean, there was, aside from the whole thing that happened recently, I think the most negativity I got was from within the gay community was people going, this isn't realistic. This wouldn't really happen. Or they were saying stuff like, this is a, <clears throat> I love this one. They would say, this is a bad depiction of, of lesbians. And this, this isn't good. We shouldn't be depicted this way. And I'm like, that was exactly the point is I wanted to go, this is the worst of humanity because I'm <laughs> sick and tired of seeing gay people portrayed as saints, as Disney characters who were completely asexual and yeah. <laughs> never did anything wrong. Well, they're and- either depicted as saints or the villain. Who the stereotypical like very gay sounding villain like okay. <laughs> Shere Khan, 
<laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, well, they're all villains on this show. They're they're just not good. I mean, <laughs> they're they're they're. I mean, they're. I wanted to. I, I wanted to make a show that would make straight people go, "Oh dear God, is this what it's like?" <laughs> and well, and I. That's. I think I succeeded in doing that. Did you have a fun time playing Evan? Oh, of course. I mean, I mean, um, I yeah. That's she's just become a part of me. Like it's just been such a part of my life for so long. Playing Evan, I, I kind of don't know what my life would be like without her. It's it's just funny because we're so radically different, and I'm just I'm just glad that I'm able to sort of play someone who's just the total opposite of me. So you've used some of your own experiences in this role. Do you have you used her to kind of? work out things that you went through as as a as a young person oh well, on the show i think i think the well now it's called girl girl scene flashback if you watch it on amazon but the character jesse is a 17 year old girl and everything she goes through is exactly what i went through and i was able to exercise those demons and so <laughs> the lady who plays her mother is cindy allen and Cindy Allen basically played my mother. <laughs> so it was basically me living out my, my, the whole ordeal with my mother of her accepting me being a lesbian. And uh, it was funny because my mom was always around and Cindy Allen was always around. And so my mom knew that this actress was playing her <laughs> and the actress knew that she was playing my mom. And the funny thing is, is I had questions that I could never figure out about everything I went through. And so I started talking to Cindy, like, why did my, why did that, why did my mother do this? And why did my mother do this? And Cindy had the answers. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So she was, she was like your, your second mom kind of. Yeah. There was someone channeling my mother. A surrogate. My yeah. Mother. Wait, we have to talk about my father too. My dad doesn't get discussed enough in interviews. I had a character play my dad, <laughs> David Haney. I mean, I had, he did it. They were both tremendous as playing my parents because my dad was absolutely thrilled that I wasn't going to be dating boys. He had <laughs> zero problem with it. He just thought it was the greatest. I mean, he was just like, oh, I'm set now. Everything's good. I mean, I had girls over all the time. We would run around screaming. And he, he was just like if my mom left town and he'd be in town. I mean, we'd just run around screaming. He just was great. Had no problem with anything because he's like, you know what? You know, <laughs> I, I don't have yeah, anything to yeah. worry about. Nothing bad is going to happen here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so that, that I had an actor. So it was really funny because the mother was kind of having a hard time. Well, you know, a little bit of a difficult time dealing with it. Let's just put it that way. And then it's just really funny because the dad is so happy. Uh, so that was, so I got to play that. So people got to see that play out on screen, which I thought was another great going against the trope thing is to have a parent who absolutely embraces their child being gay, not accepts it, embraces it and loves it and is thrilled. Yeah, that that definitely kind of goes against the, the majority of other, you know, parents of, of gay children in film. So, mm -hmm. yes, <laughs> um, that that's that's definitely an interesting take, and and I'm I'm happy that your your parents were were accepting and all of that. I, I have two small girls, you know, right now. I have a, a five and a nine year old, and actually, when when right before I called, I was having to watch them do their dance routine to uh, the Miku song. So oh. <laughs> my, my five-year-old is a dance fanatic. So yeah, 
yeah, it gets it gets real interesting. <laughs> oh, it must be fun. It must be fun. Oh, they must be thinking about you. <laughs> it, that, actually, my, my five-year-old never misses an opportunity to tell me that she is a mama's girl. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> she's like, I'm a mama's baby. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll take what I can get. So, oh. but so you you were named as one of the advocates forty under forty. How how was that? That must have been fairly gratifying. Oh, tremendously! I, I it was just so great to, and that happened so soon after I started. It was just like just to know that you're making that much of an impact that quickly. It was like, okay, okay, this is great. I know that I'm doing the right thing and I'm moving in the right direction. So like being, being a creator, just anybody in Hollywood period and not being in Hollywood because you're, you're in Kentucky. Is that, do you find that to be a disadvantage or do you, do you like not being part of that circle? So you can just kind of be creative on your own and then take your ideas where they, where they go. It's definitely the latter. I, I really love, I really love being the one in control of everything. And I, I mean, so many actors and actresses, even successful ones, even very successful ones say that their job is auditioning and trying to get a part. And that's their real job is networking to get a part. And I don't want that to be my job. I want my job to be, well, I want my job to be acting actually. And <laughs> then my job is directing now, but my, you know, I, I'm getting to work and I'm not having to ask people for work. I'm doing it myself. So I, yeah, I, I like it. It's, I like it better here. And you know, it's, it's oh, so much better. So, so where, where do you get your ideas? From my life. It's just all my life. Everything. So it, what, what do you do to kind of like, while you're, while you're writing, do you have a process for how you come about, about your scripts? Do you isolate yourself? Do you pour yourself into an activity that, that then gives you the inspiration or does it just all come natural? Well, I'm one of those writers who stays up all night. And I mean, people like to go, oh, you stay up all night. But no, that's really, that's a brain thing. I, I don't, well, oh, yeah, yeah. That you, um, it, that's when your brain comes alive. It just sort of turns on at that time. So I have to stay up until the sun starts to rise. And that's, that's when I write. I, um, that, that's key to it. And, and not every writer is like that. Some writers are the polar opposite, but a lot of people are like that. And a lot of people do that. And that's when it, that's just, that's just what happens is it all starts to come out at that time. I could try writing during the day and nothing would happen. But as soon as it gets to be around two or 3 AM, it, whew, you can't stop it. Yeah. Unless, unless you're in that sweet spot, it's like pulling teeth. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so are, do you have like a soundtrack or anything you, you use while, while you write? Do you listen to music or do you just, uh, do you have to have it completely silent? Not while I write, but if I if I'm currently writing something, I definitely have a soundtrack that goes along with it. So maybe like when I'm brushing my teeth and getting ready for bed, I'll have a Spotify playlist that that goes with what I'm writing at the moment. I nice. definitely do. That's definitely definitely a huge part of it. I, I write comics, and I've uh, I've been putting together a Spotify playlist for my my artist, and I had a very very like kind of frenetic soundtrack. <laughs> And my my artist got back to me. He was like, "Dude, that kind of set me on edge." I was like, "I'm sorry." He's like, "No, it was perfect. It helped." Oh my gosh, I've got to hear this. You got to send me the link to that. <laughs> it's it's. I discovered a a genre called trap metal. So if you're a fan of '90s hip hop and sludge metal, then this, let me tell you, Tucky, it's gonna blow your hair back. 
Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> but <laughs> so you've done like not only have you done the girl girl scene, but you you did the Juliet and Romeo. Mm-hmm. And so, how, how was your experience with that? Because I mean, you you just kind of turned it on its head. You you added a lesbian twist to the Shakespearean play, and mm-hmm. how was that received? And and how fun was that? That must have been pretty amazing. Oh uh, yeah, I'm 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 glad uh, people liked it. I'm glad people got what they did out of it. I just kind of I said I, I was kind of looking for people to work with and see who would be good to work with, and so this was just kind of a, a little side thing I did really quickly, and we did it in two nights. And it, Ooh. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you're that's, you're looking at it, and it it just it was great to experiment with that and i i wasn't really that much of a shakespeare fan ever and then i realized that this could be a thing that people would really like so since then i've become quite the shakespeare fan <laughs> but uh, yeah it was it was fun to play with that it was fun fun to play uh, romeo because i know i knew i could pull that off the whole Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, knew I, could, I knew I had that down, the swagger. I knew, I knew I had that down. I mean, I definitely, definitely wanted to play Juliet, but I was like, no, no, I, I've got to be the Romeo here. We we watched the, I think it was Baz Luhrmann that directed the, the oh, Romeo. Yeah. We, we showed my, my nine-year-old that the other day because she was, she was asking about it. And oh I, no, nine-year-old saw that movie. Did you like not, not the whole thing, not the whole thing. I just showed her the the first scene and, and I, I showed it to her there. You know, the I bite my thumb at you scene. I I, I bite my thumb, sir, but not at you. It mm-hmm. takes place very on early in the movie. And it's one of the first the first scenes we have where the Capulets and, and the the other guys, we realize they don't get along very well. But I showed her different iterations of the same scene. So there was a 1950s version that I also showed her. And then another one from the stage that I showed her. And she got to see how different people interpreted the same scene. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the Baz Luhrmann and she said, oh my God, dad, this is awful. <laughs> well, she didn't like it? No, she thought it was so oh. cheesy. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. So uh, I, she she was not down. I, I think it because it was... Because those characters were played for laughs, and I, I, I think that they really exact. It was like cartoon level. Yeah. That I mean, he was essentially Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was interesting that she did not pick up on it. <laughs> I thought she'd be all in for it because it was bright and colorful, and you know the the dudes look cool and the cars look cool. But no, mm-hmm. she thought it was she thought it was lame. Oh, well, give her a few years and she'll discover the wonder that is young Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) (laughs) The most hurtful thing she can say to me is, you know, in in olden times, in the 90s. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I'm going to adopt you out, kid. (laughs) Now, you know, that 90s rock is classic rock. I I know that that kills me. Yeah, that's the oldie station now is the eighties station that plays oldie the oldie station plays eighties and nineties music, which is like it's like what? <laughs> yeah. And if I could if I could go without hearing another red hot chili pepper song the rest of my life, I'll I'll be happy. Oh, bless you for saying that. No. <laughs> so what 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 do you have coming up? Are are you do you have anything on the plate that you're working on currently? 
Oh, yeah, sure. I have a bunch of stuff. Fortunately, I had a bunch of stuff in the can already. So that's going to start coming out really slowly and um, just a little bit at a time. And the next thing that comes out is I had another uh, streaming series called Dagger Kiss, and it did really oh, good. I was wanting to get to that. Yeah, it did. I couldn't believe it went over as well as it did. I thought it was just so, it was just so cheap. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it, it did really well on Amazon. I mean, it was like, it was like, I was like, what? And uh, so I decided to make a movie out of it. So I made a movie out of it, and that's going to come out oh, soon. Sweet. And um, yeah, and then there's some other stuff in the works. So, and it came at like such a good time because people are hungry for that stuff. I mean, not only did Lord of the Rings go over like crazy good, but also when the series debuted, it was right when like Game of Thrones was still good. That's true. Maybe that was the secret to it, I guess. And uh, if you're representing people that aren't often represented in those genres, then people are going to take notice and they're they're going to appreciate the hell out of it. That's true. Yeah, so I think, I think I think the group that's liked it most has been like men over thirty five and up, and it's I think it's just because they it's you see so much of that genre and it's just men, right? And so I I think like a lot of men like just looking at women. You know, it's not a it's not a dirty thing. They just like looking at pretty girls and stuff. So it's like they get to enjoy that genre, and it it ain't a bunch of dudes. It's, it's pretty good. And it, so that was, that was what surprised me is, you know, I'd get letters from these guys who were like, I don't know why I like this so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, n- dumbass is, is, you know, very pretty ladies and they're doing cool stuff. Like, so oh, what, yeah, yeah. What can you- yeah but, but I mean, it was, it was just cute. It was just cute that, that, uh, <laughs> that, that these guys liked it. Um, I was really happy about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. What was the. What, what's been the most surprising thing that's happened since you started making films? Like, uh, surprising in, in terms of, like, audience reaction. Just that anybody watched it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not expecting that. I mean, when I made Girl, Girl Scene, my, I, and I really mean this, I thought 5,000 people would watch it on YouTube. And that was all I wanted. And so the fact that anything has gone as far as it has, has I mean, it just continues to blow my mind. I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know. I, I was just, I came up with the right idea at the right time and poof, there you have it. So I, you, you tend to like try different genres out Are Is there a particular genre in which you you're wanting to get to? I think science fiction would be fun, but that probably costs more money than I have. But I like science fiction and I like I like fantasy, of course. So those are my two. You know, when I was a little girl, I'd you know, well, you know, when there were blockbusters and stuff, or those little mom and pop video stores, I would always go to the sci-fi fantasy section. I would just run straight to that section because that's where my stuff was. So that's what I like doing the most. Oh yeah, and and as for sci-fi, you don't have to have like crazy explosions and robots <laughs> or anything like that. I mean, you you can still get those concepts through on, on a, on a very base level and people will, will still appreciate it. As long as the story's good, nobody, nobody cares about the robots or whatever. And that's, that's what I love about the genres. You, you can go about it very analytically and, and intelligently and, and make something beautiful with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so many science fiction movies, I think I mean, I've learned so much about humanity from science fiction movies, I think more so than drama movies. 
Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's it's like the the morality plays. If, if yeah. the ones that are yeah, especially like the old Star Trek and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Who is your influence as as like a director? As it right changes, <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I know James Cameron was a big one. Quentin Tarantino, but more recently it was J.J. Abrams. And uh, I mean, for the, my latest stuff, it's been David Fincher all the way. Oh, who did? Oh, oh, who did Boogie Nights? Uh, uh, three names. It's three yeah. names. Yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> him. Uh, oh, so many. And I mean, you know, Scorsese, of course. I mean, any. Oh God. Oh gosh, you got me going. But yeah, those are the main <laughs> ones. I think I left one of them out. But right now, it's David Fincher. I think I have this. There was an essay, video essay on YouTube. The title of it, this is the whole title of it. David Fincher and everybody else is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a- like, yes. So I'm able, I, I just, he's, he's everything. I wish I could, I could do what he does and do the 30 takes. He's, he's just a genius. He understands cameras and lighting like nothing else. And then he understands the human side of it too. So you know, if, if you watch his, if you watch his movies and actually slow down and pay attention, the lighting always lines up the right way, which is why he does so many takes. And then if you'll notice, um, if characters are ever moving through a scene, they move like they're moving through a maze and it looks like they're moving in a straight line, but they're actually moving through a maze, an imaginary maze that's not there so that the lighting lines up the right way and that they're standing in a certain place when a certain line comes out of their mouths. And, uh, it's, he's just something else, man. You know, uh, the social network had more special effects than the latest Godzilla film. That's wild. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I didn't, I didn't either. He puts, he's like, he's just, his movies, they seem like social networks is just so many special effects. His movies, he'll, he'll go to great lengths, just in a regular movie to just make it that much better by adding special effects in it. Like in a gone girl, one of my things, (laughs) like, I think gone girls actually gone girl. Gone girl, I think is the female version of fight club. So fight club was like a favorite movie. Now it's gone girl. But in, in Gone Girl, he, um, uh, Amazing Amy had to have uh, long hair for half the movie. And he went in and uh, digitally removed the hairline from the wig in every single shot. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, yeah. that's putting people to work. <laughs> Good yeah. God. Yeah. Um, but just that little thing, just that little bit, you know, because you see it in movies all the time. You see that little tiny hairline, whatever. But he went in and got rid of it. That's that movie. That movie was so good. And the the lady that that wrote the book that that's based on. Everything I've read by her has been fantastic, and I cannot think of her name right now. She yeah, also Jillian, Jillian Flynn. Jillian. Yeah, Jillian Flynn yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, she is. She is. And uh, yeah, I've I've read all her stuff too, and uh, it. You know, I, th- I think she, people are always going, coming up to her and saying, are you okay? <laughs> and she's like, yes, I'm fine. I'm just writing this stuff. But I, I love how disturbed her characters are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so many layers and it's, they're, they're all dealing with some, some type of trauma. And it really, it, it, it can be hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. When when you write that stuff into your own characters, the trauma, the like the not the fun scenes. Mm-hmm. Is that is that hard on you? Is oh, it hard for you to yeah. get that out? And, oh, and especially, is it hard to act? 
you're cringing and you're going through it yourself. You know, you're like tightening up your legs when you're writing it and, you know, you're going, Oh, and then you realize what the next line is supposed to be, what someone would say. And you go, Oh God, no, 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 no. Cause you want life to be easy for your characters, but then you realize what would really happen and you go, Oh no, I have to write this. Cause that's, you have to, you have to tell the truth. Right. <sighs> so yeah. But, and that, that's, that's a perfect way of saying it. you have to tell the truth. You, Yeah. And also, no, if if everything's hunky dory, then it's kind of a boring story. But it still feels like you're you're breaking your toys sometimes. Um, yeah, I do. What What's the hardest thing you've ever had to do as as a writer for these characters? Oh gosh! Oh, oh, don't put me on the spot like this. Um, have you Have you ever kind of like like kind of cried a little bit or or thought like, oh, just I wish there's some other way around this. And now it's weird. Like if it seems really dark and I read through it again, I'll be laughing. I think, in girl, girl scene flashback where I mean, the mother and the daughter have the biggest blowout of all time. And, you know, I wrote that like in one night and it was thoroughly exhausting, but then I read through it like five times and I was laughing. I was so excited to have written that. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure it can be kind of cathartic. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see this. And then I got to see it happen. It was just like, oh, this is every the actors delivered like nothing. Oh, wow. else. Yeah, they yeah. delivered. They brought it. And they were asking me questions, which is so great. You want you want all your actors to always do that, you know, and, and they oh, they brought it. So and they at this point, at this point, they really knew their characters. So it was amazing to see it happen. So that that must be fairly gratifying to, to oh God, see yes, come to fruition. Yes, um, I can go back and watch it anytime I need to. I love it. So when when you're directing a film, I mean, especially a production that is like not not a not a huge like finance production. This is something that you are putting like blood, sweat, and tears into, mm-hmm. and so that means that you're having to make sure that everything is is perfect. You're having to go the extra mile to make sure mm-hmm. that d- does that ever become over? It seems like I, I would be curled up into a ball at the end of the day. Just mm-hmm. is that, is that sometimes overwhelming or do you just yeah. have to roll with it? Well, I mean, I have to, cause I have to get it done. You know, it's, I heard this thing, you're lucky in life if you find what you love to do, but then there are very, 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 very few people who are lucky enough to find something that they have to do. So yeah. as stressful as it gets, I have to do this. And it doesn't matter what happens. I love that answer. Yeah, I love that okay, answer. I'll just stop talking then. <laughs> I mean, you, you can. I'll just stop talking. By all means. <laughs> but I mean, at the, at the last shoot we did, there was there was definitely a day that the guys kind of had to catch me. Because I, I didn't pass out, but I pretty much like lost all blood pressure. And <laughs> I just, <laughs> production shut down for about an hour while Tucky uh, ate a bunch of candy. <laughs> <laughs> like I just sat in a chair and it was like, that's it for me. And, and the girls were great. I don't know what they did, but you know, the, the guys were awesome. They were feeding me M&Ms like here, keep eating candy, Tucky, keep eating, keep eating sugar. And then, <laughs> then I got back up. I was like, okay, let's start going again. But uh, yeah, my body actually shut down, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to do it all. But when you have a great team helping you and I have Todd and Jerry and Mark and, the, 
you know, they're my best friends in real life too. And they're helping me. And so it's, it's, it's so great. It makes it so much, I mean, then you don't have to do it all yourself. You have, you have an incredible support system helping you. And that's a huge thing. If you're ever going to make a movie, have the best support system you can have the best, only the best people around you and the most positive people. And that's what I have. And I'm, I'm very fortunate. I see that a lot where a, a director will find. Oh, and Grizzly. I have to name Grizzly. I left him out. <laughs> He's the other one. <laughs> a director will, will find the, the right people and they're oh, just yeah. role dogs for life after that. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're just. Yeah. When you do the casting, because I, I noticed that you, you've cast m- most of the, the films that you've done, uh, mm-hmm. that, that you've written and, and stuff. What goes into that? What is that? Is that a pretty taxing job, or you just go like, yeah, is it kind of fun? It's a very taxing job, but it's, it's like my favorite of all the jobs. Besides getting to perform, my favorite is finding the right talent for the part, right? And but it's it's yeah, it's very hard because you know you have to find the people, and then you have to make sure they're going to be comfortable with this really difficult material, and then then they you know they have to be able to deliver. And um, so it was really lucky last time I had 2000 applicants for the girl, girl scene movie. Oh, holy and, smokes. That's right. Crazy. And we, yeah. And so I, I got all oh, the best. I had just the very best people. Where, for did, the part. where did you film at for that? Oh, in Lexington. Yeah. So, Oh, wow. I, yeah. So I flew in all the talent and that's worth it. Another thing is, is they can't not show up. Because oh, they're yeah. staying in the hotel down the street. <laughs> like, I know where you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think maybe someone's listening. If they don't know, if people are making independent films and you're using local people, sometimes they're just at the last minute will say, oh, well, I'm busy. And, oh, then you're screwed. But if they're in town and they're at the hotel, they, yeah, they, they have no excuse. It's like, I'm coming to get you and I know where all your stuff is. So <laughs> that, that seems like actually like a lesson learned that you, you figured that out at some point and you're like, oh shit, they can't, they're, they're kind of a captive audience. So they're, yeah. They're <laughs> yeah well, I, I, I learned that it was worth money to get the best actresses in, in my projects instead of like hunting down people locally. No, just spend the money and get absolutely the best and people that the audience will love. And that's something I learned is get like professionals, people who yeah. have dedicated their lives to this. The craft. They, you get what you yeah. pay for otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you get people who are hungry for it. You get new talent. They want to be successful. They want to be famous. And so they're like, yeah, I, I'm going to work on this and I'm going to give it everything I have. What's been the hardest lesson you've learned since you've started doing this? is that um, people take advantage of you and they're, you know, the people who are good at taking advantage of other people are the nicest people. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Right. So you can't, you can't trust people at all. Um, Even after like years, I would, I mean, I mean, I was thinking about it, like one person, it was like seven or eight years before he turned on me and I found out what was really going on this whole time. But, you know, it's, it's the, the really the nice people who are out for something else who have really, really bad, <laughs> bad motives. And I think what I've learned from that is if people give you a signal that maybe they're not on the level to pay attention to it. And I've learned that if somebody is causing a disruption on the set, you know, it, it's time for them to go. And I mean, I've had to take the stand with act- actresses that if, if they're being disruptive, it doesn't matter how much has gone into the movie 
like, I'm going to stop the production. And it's like, no, it's, it's time for you to go home now. <laughs> it sounds pretty harsh, but I mean, this is the reality of the situation is you just have to be able to, I mean, it, in this heart, you have to be able to say goodbye to people. And, but the funny thing is, is once I sort of established that rule, like if you or, you know, if you're an actress, you show up and you're suddenly like, oh, wait, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this thing that was in the script that I, you know, signed up for. You know, once I decided that and once I decided that if somebody had a really negative attitude, they had to go home, that stopped happening. So it was like I was sending out this vibe that I wasn't going to put up with anyone's bullshit. And then all of a sudden, hey, uh, yeah. people stop giving me bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Not good. <laughs> it stays that way. That, that's, and yeah, as life's too short to deal with toxic people. And um, yeah, but toxic people are very, very nice until they become become toxic. So that's part of the the trick, I think, is that they do is you're like, oh, well, when they show up tomorrow, they're gonna be great. They're gonna be the person I've known for five years. But then they show up, they're they're still they're still nasty. So you have to, be, you know, even if it's someone you've known for five years, I I think you have to be like, okay. I mean, if it's like a longtime friend who you suddenly realize might be not not okay, you just go, okay, well, you just stay home tomorrow and thank thanks so much for coming. But you know, we're good, we're covered. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> let him down easy. It's okay. But like I said, as soon as I decided I was going to do that, it stopped happening. Again, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Did, um, ha- yeah. Have you had anyone, like when, when you first started out, did you have anyone to kind of take you under their wing and and show you the ropes? Or is this all huh? stuff that you had to learn the hard way by, by oh, doing? Yeah, all stuff I had to learn the hard way. All stuff. Nobody, nobody was there to help me. There were plenty of people who wanted to tell me what to do. And I think, I think that was another mistake was that I listened to people and you shouldn't listen to people. Um, like you should go to people for advice and stuff and you should look at people who are doing things the right way. But if someone comes along and tries to tell you how to do something, don't listen to that. But people who are successful and you show up and you ask them how they did, they want to help you. They want to tell you what to do. So go to people to learn stuff and work with people to learn stuff. That, that's the way to pick up on. That's the way to learn it. That's 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 awesome advice. Oh, cool. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to be a special kind of crazy to 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 do that, to take that on like that. That's and I respect the hell out of people who are self-drivers, self-motivated, that want to actually, you know, get out there, figure it out and take the lumps while they're doing it because they're learning. And I, I think you're a rare breed, Duck. Well, thank you. What do you, do you, do you prefer directing to acting or is one, you know, justifying the other? Is it, you know, just. Well, I I got to be in this movie clown nightmare that uh, Mark did. He, he was my DP on the girl, girl scene movie and he did a movie clown nightmare and just showing up and acting was amazing. I I mean, all I had to do was show up and act. Oh my <laughs> God, it was so easy. And I'm never, ever, ever going to let an actor complain about how difficult their job is. No, it's not. You show up, you look good. You say lines that somebody else wrote. You know, I mean, that's no, 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 no. That's the best job in the world. It's the easiest job in the world. So I definitely like acting the best. I wish I could just show up and act and everything. Well, um, some of the stuff you did in Girl Girl scene that was heavy lift. Some of it was, you know, heavy lifting in regards to um, acting and content. Oh and yeah. Did you ever kind of have to, when you get done with a heavy scene? 
do you have to like take five and kind of step back for a minute and just kind of deal with it and get out of it? Or is it just like a, a, a costume that you put on and take off when you need it? Cause some well, people are like that. Some people can do that. Uh, no, it, it's just, I think I, I don't have the opportunity to do that because it's always the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So as soon as I, I don't have, it's like, even if I wanted to wind down from something, well, yeah, no, we've got to, we got to, you know, set up for the next scene. So, uh, I don't have the opportunity. <laughs> what, what about uh, when you're finishing a project? Is there, does it hit hard once you finish or are you okay, well, like, I'll, I'll again, this, when I did girl, girl scene, when I did the movie, the character had grown a little bit and not in a healthy way. And so I was, I'm, I'm really positive, uh, generally a beat healthy attitude. And I had to sort of exist for eight weeks in this place of someone who, who was, who wasn't. And it just felt like this yucky feeling inside of me. And I, I didn't, it, it was hard to walk around with that all the time. Okay. I do tend to stay in character, even when I'm not in character, which is sort of sounds like a contradiction, but it's sort of like a, when I'm, when I'm acting, I'm acting, but then if I'm doing any scenes that day, I kind of have my character on the back burner. And then, you know, when I'm still working on the project, she's still on the back burner, even, even if I'm just going around living my life. And so I just was filled with this tremendous yuckiness for this whole time. So I, I think, I think when you're really good at acting, it's not, it's, it, you, you really, you really do get into it, but, but yeah, that's, that's my answer to the question. <laughs> <laughs> so you've done girl, girl scene. What's the next big thing for you? I, well, I mean, the new Dagger Kiss movie is coming out. And then next week, I don't know. It just depends on how everything goes, right? So I just I just have to wait. I think I have a lot of time to wait and see what's coming. So I'm just going to sit back and wait for the inspiration to come. Awesome. Awesome. So we're, we're going to wind down soon. Okay. I really just kind of want to know, we haven't really touched on it yet. Mm-hmm. The world is crazy right now. Shit mm-hmm. is going awry. How has that affected what you do in particular? Or has it at all? Have you been able to just kind of uh, buckle down and, and get to work on the writing side? Or are you did you have to oh. put off any plans? Oh, yeah. Well, I wanted to do something this summer. And I mean, obviously, that it's not going to happen. I, I think I just saw an ad for a movie. It said it was coming out August 21st. I was like, are you? what kind of denial are you in that you're even yeah, Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, c- I couldn't believe it that people actually think that's going to happen. So basically, we're looking at the industry shutting down for two to three years, and nothing's going to come out for a long time. And uh, even then, I don't know what it's going to look like to make a movie. Uh, so we just kind of have to wait and see what's going to happen. And then, you know, what kind of movies are we going to make? Are we going to make movies where we pretend that we live in a, a clean world? Are we going to make movies where people are... Um, not touching each other, but you know, the the thing about movies I said recently is that you, you'll see two actors standing close to each other and uh, you think, Oh, well, if it's just two people. Okay. What you don't understand is that they're in a tiny room and there are five other people in that room with them and you're all breathing the same air and um, the crew stinks and it, oh, you know, yeah. it's really close quarters when you're making a movie. Uh, and I've read this article, like like in in uh, the Hollywood Reporter, it was like Hollywood's secret is that all film sets are filthy. I'm like, that's a secret. Like, 
Well, it, 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 my film sets aren't filthy because I started out acting first. So everything's a lot clean on mine, but, but people, you know, are really, really close. So I, I don't know how we're going to do that, but like maybe in three years, it'll be okay to breathe on each other again. I, I know that sounds like a joke, so. but yeah, I, well, it's, I, yeah. I, it's not, I really, I really don't know. Like I've, I've been, you know, trying to take my kids outside and stuff, but I have not let them get around anyone else. And I'm not like overprotective dad. I just don't want people to get sick. And yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. So yeah, we, we've, <laughs> my, my wife went into the store the other day and I stayed in the car with the kids and she FaceTimed the girls to show them the snack aisle so they could pick up what they oh. want. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. But we, we're figuring stuff out. And, and like the movie industry, I, th- I think people are going to get innovative. People are going to get creative. And because this, the drive is still there, does the desire for new stuff is still there. So I, I don't think it'll be a complete shutout. So, yeah, COVID has wrecked our shit. <laughs> yeah. how, how are yeah. they handling it in Kentucky? Because our governor is an idiot. You guys have a new governor, and he seems to be not a total jackass. Yeah, he cares about human life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ours does not. I've been, I've been glad not to live in the deep south. I'm finally, like, oh, <laughs> there's an upside to not being <laughs> in the deep south. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've been very lucky to live in Kentucky and that's you know, a beautiful state too. So many like great outdoor options and like spelunking and stuff like that. So it's many. so damn cold though. It is so cold here. I can't handle it. That's why I need to move South. <laughs> it's just so damn cold. I can't take it. People I think it gets warm, but it is not. It's just, it's cold nine months of the year and the three months of the year it's hot and I'm happy and the rest of the time, I'm miserable. I went to my sister's graduation at Berea College in Kentucky when I was in high school. And we drove up there. I did not pack pants because I'm- Oh, no. I get there. It's springtime in Alabama, and people are in short. It's already 85 degrees. People mm-hmm. are in shorts and t-shirts. I get up there, and it's snowing. And snow yeah. is on the ground. I had to borrow her boyfriend's, uh, a pair of her <laughs> boyfriend's dress slacks and a jacket. Yeah, because yeah. I was, I did not, I did not have any long sleeve anything, and I think I just had shorts. It was awful. Yeah, it's awful. It's like, it's like, I mean, you know, it's the same as Toronto. I can't, I can't like, imagine living that far north where where it snows often. In Toronto, yeah. oh my God, that it's the same temperatures as Toronto all the time. And so, I mean, that should give you an idea of what it's like. Toronto's <laughs> the same way. Nine months of the year, it's freezing, and three months, it's really, really, really hot. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, Tucky, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, and I'm so glad we got to talk about Girl Girl Scene and Dagger's Kiss and all your other amazing films. Dead Moon Rising had to have been super fun to to film. You you earlier you you got me thinking when you were talking about how crowded a a movie scene can be during filming and how uncomfortable and hot it can be, and Mm -hmm. I just thought about girl girl scene and just the copious amounts of making out and stuff in that film and how uncomfortable that must have been for you and, and the other actress during those scenes, because, Oh my gosh, just having people standing around and, you know, making sure that you're well lit and might. 
Mm-hmm. That's got to be that's got to be pretty crowded. Well, it's jumping off the deep end, you know. You just you just got to do it. So you, you do just, it, and then you're, once you do it the first time, you're over it, and then then it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just it's just so commonplace for me now that I don't even think about it. Word. So mm-hmm. you you did a role in a video game. Yeah, uh, the Clown Nightmare video game, and it's suddenly taken off in Italy, and it's huge in Italy right now, which is insane. Well, they, they've been locked down. They're looking for cool stuff to do. So Yeah, well, they're doing better than we are. Yeah. Uh, everybody's like, oh, they're locked down, but it's like, no, they're doing better than we are. So, I mean, no, they're just country is such a big in Italy for some reason, and hey, I'm all about that. That's wild. That's crazy. So I guess you might have to go to Italy. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I can never leave the country, <laughs> I can't even go to Canada. Well, Tucky, thank you again for for talking with us. If you have anything coming up that you want to promote, by all means, give us a heads up. We'd love to talk to you again. I I enjoyed it. Oh, me too. It's so positive. I, I love it. <laughs> I, I, I try not to be a jerk and I try not to be a dumbass. I don't know how well, but I, I Oh yeah, yeah. No, I like keeping everything light and fun and that that's that's I'm good. I'm not gonna pull a that. Barbara Walters and make me cry or anything. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm I'm not so smart enough to ask those hard questions. So I gotta oh. work with what I can. I've got oh, a beat yeah. attitude. So <laughs> Tucky, thank you again. Uh, Tucky, can can you see us out and tell us where to find you? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, the best way to do is do it as a Google search. You can find Girl Girl Scene on Amazon, or you can go to girlgirlscene.com. You can type that into a search engine, or you can go to tuckywilliams.com. And uh, that's those are the two ways to do it. Look up my name. Look up the name of my show, uh, daggerkiss.com, anything. Uh, like I said, Google search is the easy way. You can find it all on Amazon or go directly to the URL. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Tucky, thank you again. Take it easy and stay safe. Wash your, wash your damn hands. And next time you're in the ham, give us a shout out and well, I'll buy you a beer or something. Okay. Oh, fantastic. All right. Take it easy, Tucky. All right. Talk to you later. All right, have a good one. Goodbye. Bye-bye. We are back. We are robots now, apparently. <laughs> I am a robot. I will talk like a robot. Did you ever see the Saturday Night Live with Nicole Kidman? Probably. Oh, my God. And they do the whole scene where she's a little girl in the park, and the little boy comes up, and they're talking, and she does that. She's like, I am a robot. I am talking like a robot. I lost it. I literally spit my beer out when I heard it. That was so funny. Man, Saturday Night Live is so hit or miss for me. It's either well, it's always really, like that. It's either not funny or it's oh my god, so funny I can't stop laughing. It's the nature of how the show is created. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, I digress. We do, always we do. You, we do as we do. Tucky Williams, how yeah, surprised she was, she were you great. when you listened to that interview of how well informed and how awesome she really is? She is. She is, and I think I, I think that there's a chance. That would make you come back on and talk about more stuff because you got a lot more in her repertoire of stuff that she's done and that she's working on that'd be really fun to talk with. And yeah, she has a really devout and devoted fan base out there, which I found out when we sent out a tweet after Casey talked to her saying, Hey, this is really cool. We just talked with Tucky Williams, and then the fan base just came in and drove. Like, oh, yeah, she's so inundated. cool. I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, and then it with tweets. like, wow, this is cool. People love her, and I can see why. Well, there's not this is so weird to say it like this. 
I don't feel that there's enough representation of the LBGTQ community that are doing their own thing in film and cinema and TV shows. Well, telling their own story, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people in Hollywood that are forcing things in their show to say, look what we're doing, look what we're doing. You know what I mean? Some right. of it might be genuine. I think a lot of it is disingenuine that it's just there because they feel like they have to do it. Right. You know what I mean? I agree. And I think that someone like Tucky out there actually putting things together, having a passion for it is all the difference in the world. And I think it's great. It is. It, re- it really is. And I actually, I actually watched the, the girl girl scene movie and, uh, Funny side story. So I watched the whole thing. It was, yeah. it, it tells a really great story. It's, it's a lot of fun, but I watched it on Amazon. So whenever my kids go on for a while, it's, it's, it's gone past it now, yeah. but for like a month and a half when my kids would go on and go to watch Amazon or go to watch Netflix and pull up Amazon, and it would show recently watched and it would show the girl, girl scene graphic. Yeah. Which is graphic. looks very ad- adult graphic. Right. <laughs> and my, my wife, Kaylee was like, what were you watching? And, and it was funny because my, my, my 12 year old daughter was like, dad, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I'm like, that's not for you. You can watch that when you're a little older, but right that's now you're life, a little for this. That's life. <laughs> yeah. That's life. That's but the world, <laughs> but baby, that is the yeah. world. Don't worry it just, about it. It was funny. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, but actually, actually, it probably and the movie's not. I mean, it's graphic, but not graphic. You know. Yeah, it's it's. I think she tried to keep it very grounded, right? It is. It is, and and all this. I mean, here's the thing: if you're going to watch that movie, girl, girl scene yeah. to get a cheap thrill and like see some boobies, you're. That's not what. It's, that's one. That's not what it's about, and two, that's not it. Right. It tells a story of basically lesbians at a house party and their relationships and how it grows. Oh, it, it's, it's interesting. It's not. It's not what people expect it to be because I think very smartly, Tucky marketed it in a certain way that you would you would see the, the posters and the, the name girl girl scene, right? And 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 think one thing, but I think it, she did that. My opinion is she did that to one garner some um, uh, followership for it and people interest in it, right? Then people watch it and see, oh well, it's not. It's about that, but it's not about. It's about so much more than that. It's about this telling a story from a point of view that's not what you expect it to be. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's, that's, I, 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 that's the best way I can put it. Yeah. Well, if you like listening to Tucky, go check out her movie, Girl Girl Scene. And if you love hearing interviews or maybe you just like the show and you like the banter that John and I seem to have naturally because I love you, Johnny. Because we're awesome. I love you too, Kendrick. There you go. But this is all real stuff. And if you like what you're hearing, head on over to spoilerverse.com. We have Geez, we're hitting close to 400 episodes. I think we hit that next week, and it's going to be oh, God. crazy. Yeah. Next, by, I think by next Wednesday, we'll be at 400. Yeah, which is nuts. So, so crazy. if you like that and you want to hear more, please go to spoilerverse.com, check it out. And we've, there's a ton of other podcasts there for you to peruse and enjoy. Yeah, and there's articles, there's previews and reviews and, and paranormal stuff from Sarah Kay. That's becoming a podcast. And there's so much cool stuff there. And it's a store link. You can go to a store and you can... Uh, get a t-shirt or a hoodie or uh, a mask to cover up your face when you go out in public. Not because you're ugly, but because you care about people. There you go. Um, and you might be ugly too. I don't I don't know, but we'll see. Get those but, teeth know, fixed. <laughs> yeah, get them teeth fixed. See a dentist, brush your teeth. It's fine. But all that, all of that gets us a little bit of money to help pay the bills because what we do is Keep not free on. for us, but it's free for you to listen to and enjoy. That's right. Uh, you know, the thing with the Sarah K files. Yeah. Is if things work out, 
Yeah. It might come out gangbuster style. Yeah, there's some there's some good buzz behind that one, and yeah, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome, guys. Yeah, yeah. So just hang on to your hats, and and uh, we're gonna make this <laughs> happen. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, don't forget, Oceans of Podcasts. We are Cthulhu, and Cthulhu compels you to do. Open the mind. <laughs> just keep <laughs> order. Read more. No, just read more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see.